Welcome to the Williamston Theatre Backstage Chat Podcast. The Williamston Theatre is Mid-Michigan's professional regional theatre, and our Backstage Chat Podcast is a way for you to dive deeper behind the scenes and get to know some of the artists at work. So come on, let's go backstage. I'm Emily Sutton-Smith, co-founder and executive director of the Williamston Theatre. In this episode, I get to chat with two amazing theater professionals, Alexis Black and Tina Neuhauser. Alexis Black is an assistant professor of acting and movement at MSU's Department of Theater. She received her BFA in performance from Ohio University and her MFA in theater performance pedagogy with an emphasis in movement from Virginia Commonwealth University. She is an educator, fight, movement, and intimacy director, performer, and director. Her website is alexisblack.net. Tina Newhauser is an academic specialist at MSU's Department of Theater, where she teaches stage management and arts and cultural management. She's been a professional equity stage manager since the late 1980s and has traveled the world working with a list of amazing people on a wide variety of productions. Together, Tina and Alexis wrote the book Supporting Staged Intimacy, a practical guide for theater creatives, managers, and crew, which came out in the fall of 2023. Tina and Alexis, thank you so much for joining us on the Williamson Theater Backstage Chat podcast. I'm so excited to talk to both of you today about uh, all the stuff that you do. We're so happy to be here. We're excited to be here. We're never backstage, are we, Tina? I'm backstage all All the the time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Tina, let's start with you. Um, I love to hear people's origin stories, and I know everyone Mm. is interested in, you know, our journeys of how we get to where we are, because that's life. So where'd you start? I was introduced to theater, and this is my um, youth coming into play here. When I was in seventh grade, in uh, a history class, our teacher had us do this uh, competition that was called History Day. And you you had to pick a moment of history and depict it using some form of creative expression. It could be poetry, painting, song, dance, whatever. And uh, I got together with four other friends, and we wrote a play about Susan B. Anthony. Oh, that's so cool. And uh, the play took place shortly after her death. Um, and it was women sitting in a parlor talking about the impact Susan B. Anthony's work had on women. And then we, we, we would cut to her at a, at a lectern given like a speech. Okay. You know, that kind of reflected. Yeah. Um, and this was a competition. So uh, we competed locally in our town. And we came in first. And then we went to state competitions. And we came in first. Wow. Then we went to region, and we came in first, and then we went to the nationals in D.C., and we came in third in the country. That's really amazing. And from that moment on, I was addicted to theater. I did everything to do with theater, and I was like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I had no idea what that meant. Right. But I worked on every school in middle, in middle or every play in middle school. I worked on every play in high school, and I went to college, and I'm like, I'm going to do theater in college. And my dad said, no, I'm only going to pay for your college if you get a business degree. So I was a business major, but I took all theater courses. And That's then like I, what I did. Yeah. I was and a then communication I, major who yeah. did all theater courses. Did yeah. you go to college? I went to Kent State University in Ohio. Okay. 
But then a month away from graduation, I changed my major to theater and got a BFA in theater tech design. You just slid that one right I did. under the radar, didn't you? He knew halfway through college because he came to see every show. And, okay. Like, ended up loving theater and following me around the country wherever I did plays. But that's how I got into it. And how did you get – because you, your focus really is stage management. It, yeah. Uh, yeah. You worked as a – you continue to work as a professional stage manager. Mm-hmm. So yeah. how did you discover that? Well, when I was in the program, there was no, like, classes or track for stage management. It was all just technical design. So okay. I did – I worked in the scene shop. I was the student shop foreman. I designed lights and scenery for a ton of stuff and props and painted. I did everything. And mm-hmm. then when a show came around that didn't have a stage manager, they were like, Tina, you have to go stage manage this show. <laughs> and I was, like, a junior at the time. And I was like, okay, because, like, what do you know? You know? Right. And I went and I stage managed that show. And I was like, hey – this is kind of cool. So then yeah. I started to stage manage more and more and more. And then um, my senior year when I was getting ready to graduate, we had a guest designer in from New York City. And they're like, I'm getting you a job at this theater company in New Jersey. And they helped me find this internship apply. Uh, they recommended me and I ended up getting that job. And what, what, it was at Crossroads Theater Company. Okay. Um, and I worked with some stellar folks in the industry. George Wolf on his original play, um, Spunk. I worked with Leslie Lee on his original play, Black Eagles. I worked on all of these original works, and it was just, I never stopped. From then on, I was like, I'm, I just never stopped working. It is, I loved it. It's so true, and we, I know that you tell your students this, and I tell it to anyone that I, you know, any young people who are coming into the industry, it's all about those connections. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, who you know gets you the next job, not necessarily because, oh, hey, you're my friend and my buddy, I'm going to get you a job, but somebody sees a spark in you and yeah. knows they're reliable, they're going to be there early, they're going to do all the work and do it better than I even think that it can be done. Yeah. I'm going to hire that person and recommend them to the next. I mean, that's yeah. what we all want, somebody who's yeah. reliable. And we're right? one degree away from everybody in this industry. I mean, this totally. industry is really small the longer you're in it. Right. You know, so once you start doing good work, it, it doesn't take much for then people wanting to work with you again and again and again. Right. So, I mean, I was lucky. I never had a day job. I worked that's in theater great. and made 100%. I paid 100% of my bills just doing theater. I never that's had amazing. a... Um, I never had to wait tables or do any of that. I just worked on shows. That's great. Yeah. And you continue to stage manage. You do a lot of corporate stuff now. Yeah, yeah. But you are here at MSU. We're here on the campus today at Michigan State University. Can you hear it? And the the ambiance. Go green. Go white. (laughs) (laughs) And you teach the next generation stage management, but also, uh, you know, personal development stuff professional development stuff. Yeah. I work in the arts and cultural management program as well, teaching event production and planning and facilities operations. And because I did a lot of that through my career as well. Yeah. Yeah, There's so much that that tracks in the same sort of skill set. Yeah. Yeah. All of those things. And frankly, I mean, if you're going to work in the arts, if you're going to work in any artistic endeavor and you work in any management capacity, <laughs> there's going to be facility involved. You're going to have to clean toilets. Oh, yeah. there's going to have to organize all that stuff. Oh, yeah. It's all transferable into yeah. many, many areas. There's a lot of work opportunities that people don't realize because oh, they just think, sure. oh, for theater, you're, you're going to be unemployed. And it's like, well, no. If you're in the mm-hmm. right areas, you will work all oh, the, time. the time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Alexis, what's your origin story? You know, I just want to disagree with Tina's origin story because... <laughs> Tina is such a superhero. Like, where's the spider that bit you? That's I didn't hear about that in your origin story. As I as I fly through urban cities by a string, <laughs> gaff tape, or that's right. right, swinging by gaff tape yes, exactly. from venue to venue. 
conquering Perfect. one show at a time. <laughs> Saving humanity with theater. One play at a time. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I started really young because there was a production of Sound of Music at our local high school that was going on and the Gretel that was in it got a better gig and dropped out. So in swooped <laughs> four-year-old Alexis Black. They were like, will she even be able to learn lines and dancing? But I did. And my it's so funny because my uh, my dad's a theater photographer. He has been and danced and all those things for many years. And so I have a video of this performance and it's oh, ridiculous. Wow. Why I had have we so not much seen fun. this video? Yes. Where has it been all my life? Um, it's pretty amazing. There's in this particular performance that he videotaped. I actually am supposed to go to sleep on a set of stairs, and I hit my head really hard on the stairs. That you could hear the thunk oh, no. in the whole audience. Yet I pretended to be asleep, and they picked me up to carry me out. And I like tried to sneak my hand up to like because I was like I'm playing a character who's asleep at four. So it was crazy. Oh. Um, so yeah, my my family, my dad and mom did community theater all the time. They were involved in theater in multiple ways. They were in um, uh, Up With People, like We The People things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were very artsy. Can I say artsy fartsy? It's absolutely. Great. Um, <laughs> we're going to own that. I got yes. a t-shirt with that on it. <laughs> so yeah, I was immediately involved in, in the community theater all through uh, you know, middle school, high school, I was involved in theater at my uh, middle schools and high schools. I also did ballet for multiple mm-hmm. years, and then I did um, field hockey for one year. <laughs> Where'd that come out of the blue? You know, I do love sports, and I love, like, like ag- aggressive, like, like we're going to do that, um, which I think led into my fight choreography. I was, was going to say, say yeah, field hockey, better. don't you have a big stick in right. that? And now yes. you carry a big broadsword? Exactly. <laughs> so, it, you know, when I, it's so funny because I love, I loved theater right away. I was just as passionate of like what you're describing makes total sense. But I never thought that I could make a career out of it because I wanted to be realistic. And yeah, everybody quote everybody says uh-huh. I never thought I could really do this. Yeah, and then we all end up doing, doing it. it. Like yeah. yeah. So I got into Ohio University. I actually grew up in Kent, uh, which is uh, Tina and I had a connection there. We can talk about later. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. when I went to Ohio University, I got into Ohio University. I was like, Mom, Dad, I probably should like major in English or something useful. Um, and they were like, no, you're majoring in theater. What are you talking about? And I was like, really? Oh, they're that's like, amazing. They're, they're like, so why would you do anything else? And yeah. I was like, oh. And then through that experience, I got introduced to stage combat for the first time. And I was like, aggressive theater dancing. This might be all the things that I like. All in rolled same, into one. In same and you get to carry big things. Yeah. All a keto rolled into one. Right. Um, so yeah, so I moved to New York and uh, there I reconnected with some people from my university who had started a theater company there called Vampire Cowboys Theater Company. <laughs> Super fun. Uh, and so I was mentored there as a fight choreographer. I did acting with them and other companies as well. And um, the the person who was my mentor there is a gentleman named Kui Gwyn, who since he's also a writer, he wrote She Kills Monsters. It's kind oh. of his most famous okay. play. Yeah. And he now works for Disney. So he wrote Ryan the Last Dragon was one oh, of the things he just oh, wrote. So he was the first person, like he started as a fight choreographer and he mentored me in all these like Eastern weapons and like found object fighting and like all this fun stuff. And then, um, you know, I kept going and went to grad school for movement 
pedagogy because I was like, I want to teach movement and mm-hmm. still be involved in theater and fight choreography. And um, then I worked with my mentor, David Leong there, who is a, a Broadway guy, fight master. So really, it's just like I've met the right people at the right time, mm-hmm. including Tina yeah. and you and <laughs> all the wonderful people at Williamston. So it just has been, I, I just feel so lucky. I feel like everything just kind of followed and rolled together into this amazing soup of theater goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and storytelling through movement. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But isn't it interesting how, I don't know if your journey was like mine, where I didn't have like a, a plan. I just mm-hmm. went from show to show and I would say yes because it was either with really cool people or it was with a cool company or the projects on a cool. Like those were things I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Like I never had a plan. I never said, well, I want to have this in so many years and I want to be here. Like, I just followed, like, whatever was pulling me. Right. And if it sounded like a cool project, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. That's exactly what I did. Yeah. Like, it just, theater to me, I mean, it's called a play, right? People say that all the time. We should be playing. It's, you know, it is work. It's a lot of work. But it is so joyful. And so just to feel that pull, that's exactly the same thing I experienced. Well, and I think it's the collaboration, too, right? Yeah. So you... Nobody does theater in a cubicle by themselves. I mean, you probably could do spreadsheets in a cubicle by yourself that feed into something theatrical. But um, it is a collaborative art form, and so we have to be inspired by the people that we work with. Yeah. And so, like, I could not have started a theater all by myself. It took the four of us doing it together that made it work because we all brought in these different skill sets and energy and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. ideas and so you know as you guys found your paths you were inspired by you both mentioned you know the projects or the people or the plays or Mm -hmm. the mentors or the the activity that was you know bringing you into your path and so it makes sense that it's not that you can't plan for uh, life in the theater you can but you also have to be open to the path that unfolds before you yeah I think. for sure yeah, yeah that's perfect that's yeah. a perfect way to describe it yeah yeah so your paths led you to each other here because you here you are at MSU which is funny because we both grew up in 20 minutes from each other in Kent and Ravenna, Ohio. Yeah. And they're such small <laughs> little obscure towns <laughs> so the fact that we now come back together and it's like hold on because I remember when we first were talking, and they were like, where are you from? And I said, oh, I'm from this place you're never going to heard of. Or you said, I'm from this place you're never going to heard of. And they are like, Ravenna. I'm like, hold on. I'm Or Kent. And I'm like, that's next door to Ravenna. That's where we grew up. So we literally grew up right next, many years apart, because I'm older. But still, it's so. <laughs> we actually met, uh, figured this out at an art event. Do you remember this? We were both told to paint something before. Oh, right, right. Yes, yes, And yes. so we, were, we paired randomly together because we didn't really know each other. And we decided, oh, let's paint a drive-in movie theater and we started painting it and then eventually one of us was like oh you know I'm really inspiring this this is inspired off of the one that I grew up next to named Midway and we're like that's, that's where I grew up painting. next to <laughs> we were painting the exact same drive-in movie theater because we both grew up I grew up one direction in Ravenna you grew up the other direction in Kent but it was like in the middle that's we great. both went there and we both yeah. went there which was such a fun drive-in movie place I it love that was place. drive-ins are the best they're the yeah. best are. so now you're here together at msu and you've recently collaborated on a book mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. tell us about the book and where that came about and 
As How usual, you got to it. It's Tina's fault. You know? <laughs> we always blame John. Isn't no. Tina's fault? We're right. So fault. you know, you gotta have somebody whose fault it is. I'll take the blame. Yeah. So I had started working. Uh, you know, part of the I think one of the reasons that uh, the the department here thought I was a good fit when I was interviewing is because I was doing research in this blossoming um, new specialization called intimacy direction, which is you know similar to fight direction in that we're working with the safety of the actors and storytelling um, with an additional, additional support in um, boundaries and consent that really hadn't been considered in these moments where actors are telling the story of these romantic encounters, yeah. um, uh, et cetera. So I had been researching these consent practices. They brought uh, me in here to the department and Tina was doing an advanced stage management class that year and said, hey, I know this is a new specialty. Uh, my stage managers need to know how to collaborate with someone who is a choreographer like this because they haven't done it before. Yeah. And we were also looking at best practices for uh, fight direction, interaction with the stage management team or movement, dance, those sorts of things. Um, Tina was putting together this amazing toolkit for her stage managers. And so we were in that first meeting in this very room that we're recording in, by the way. <laughs> That's where it all begins. History yes, has right been here made. at this oh, table. Yes. Um, so uh, we were collaborating on the different protocols, and we really realized how much these two particular team members, like the intimacy or fight director and the uh, stage manager, how important they were to each other and how much mm-hmm. was in their center cut out of their Venn diagram of yeah. duties. Yeah. Um, and how much they needed to know how to work with each other in the best way possible. I don't know. What else do you want to say about that? Yeah, no, it was great because what was fun was the students, of course, were learning about this for the first time, and much of it I was learning about for the first time. But what was also interesting was many times Alexis would be like, oh, I had no idea the stage manager was going to do that too. So there was like a learning on both sides, Mm -hmm. and then we kind of met in the middle, and we put together this toolkit that the students helped us. uh, They did a lot of the heavy lifting, which was the point. Um, And then we came out with this toolkit at the end of the semester, and I Mm -hmm. added it to the handbook for our BFA stage managers that would be working on a show here. But then we realized that this information doesn't exist out in the professional world at all. Stage managers, most have not even been introduced to an intimacy choreographer or director because it just wasn't really permeating the industry just yet. Right. It It is new. It is starting to, in the last 10 years, it's been talked about more in... Uh, the film industry mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. many obvious reasons. Um, and and it is, I mean, just as, like you said, with fight or, or combat situations, you know, it's pretend, but you're often using real weapons and, you know, real touching and pushing and fighting and things like that. And there's always an opportunity for somebody to get hurt, which is why mm-hmm. the choreography is so important. And it's why... In a play situation, you know, in a performance, you always have a fight call. Every single performance, every day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. have a fight call. You do it at 50% speed, at 75% speed. So it's in everybody's body before they go out and do it with the adrenaline behind it in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. So that we're always taking care of each other. And, and, and that's something that I was familiar with as a, an actor is the fight choreography part of it. And then when intimacy started getting talked about, I was like, oh, hey, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's interesting because it's flipping awkward. 
if you have to kiss somebody you don't know Mm -hmm. and it's got to be passionate or it's got to be violent or it's got to be whatever it's got to be, it's weird. Mm -hmm. And you're doing it in front of people. I mean, it was weird when John and I kissed in rehearsal for Maytag Virgin the first time and we're married to each other but it was different people kissing yeah so you know and and we determined that we could probably deal with the intimacy ourselves and feel safe about it (laughs) so we didn't have an intimacy but many times totally yeah many times you don't have that the director will just say hey why don't you guys go in that other room and work it out and then come back and show me what you got oh my gosh you know and especially when you're thinking about here at an educational situation Uh and you have students Many students, maybe they haven't experienced any of this in their lives yet. Yeah. So it might be for the first time. And you yeah. can't just put them in those vulnerable situations. Yeah. Like you have yeah. to have somebody there to help guide yeah. them and work through. And in, you know, in the professional realm, it has to be something that you can execute the same way every time. That's right. So it has to be We want to tell that story and we have to be able to tell it night after night after night. And if that show has an open-ended run yeah, and it yeah. could run for a year or two years, that story needs to be the same in year five as it was on opening night. Yeah, it know? has to be fresh. It has to be real. Mm-hmm. It has to be safe. Yep. And so the intimacy and, you know, protecting people because we know about the abuses that have happened yeah. in the movie industry, in the theater industry. And especially when you put people in, in vulnerable mm-hmm, positions mm-hmm, and you're asking mm-hmm. them to um, touch each other, possibly be naked, all that stuff yeah. needs to be carefully attended to. And so mm-hmm, having mm-hmm. that intimacy director um, allows you to execute the work without compromising the individual, it seems to me from my... And we found that like once you have a language and you have a method for working, Actors are very confident to be really bold and brave, and they may even do things that are maybe more outside of what they would consider because they feel attended to and cared for, and they have Uh somebody there that's watching for their boundaries and maintaining all of that, and it's all based in storytelling. Yeah. As long as we're telling that story, that the way that we want it to be told, you know, with that help, you know, actors and people feel really confident in doing these you get a better things. product. Yeah, for sure. When you're keeping everyone And safe. I do think something you're talking about how uh, there's some push the the pushback that I have experienced if there is pushback is like this worry or concern that it might take away the director's vision or it mm-hmm. might take up a lot of extra time. Um, but when we have all these pre-production uh, meetings and we communicate and we know what the vision is and we've mm-hmm. talked with the actors. I, I have phone calls with the actors usually before we go into rehearsal or an email to see what their boundaries are. Then we go in and we get the actors on the same page with their the way they want to communicate with mm-hmm. each other and collaborate and things just, ideas are flowing. Yeah. Everyone's, like their shoulders drop, their breath is open. Like that's the space where you want to create in, right? Yes. Like I'm, I'm going to kind of do butcher this but it's like the idea that in the middle ages everyone was so afraid about getting food that there was no art and then as soon as agriculture got more steady the renaissance happened right and so like art cannot be created in a space where you're worried about your own survival and I think that when actors are so tight and and don't know what's going on and they're dealing with something where you know if I'm if I'm working with a stabbing in a scene, you know you're not really stabbing that person. Like we're working safely to move it to tell mm-hmm. the story. If your lips are touching, your lips are touching, yeah. right? So we need to have like clarity about how to achieve that real thing within a coworker relationship 
that is sustainable and also tells a really dynamic story. Right. Because sometimes people do want to improvise and work, you know, organically in a moment. They've talked through their boundaries. That's totally fine. We're not always going step by step the way you might with something um, more complex or with something like a fake stabbing in a show. Mm -hmm. But then what they build might not look the way they intend it, right. you know? The reason we have outside eyes like directors are to make it more yeah. a, a better story, a more sustainable, repeatable story like you've talked about. Mm -hmm. So that same eye needs to be put from a movement specialization towards these actors. And then how do we keep it repeatable if we don't know? How do we keep it repeatable if we don't know how to talk about the way it's built? Mm -hmm. And that's where Tina worked with the stage managers. Like, how do you notate this? Yes. How do you write yeah. down choreography for this? Um, in fight choreography, there's a number system. Like if I'm mm -hmm. going to your right arm, I'm going to your number three, mm -hmm. you know, target. Mm -hmm. And it's all, it's clear. Mm -hmm. But with, with, intimacy choreography, with intimacy choreography, we've worked to build, for us in our book, we worked to build some, some language that mm -hmm. came, uh, was inspired by work at IDC and through other movement methodologies. What's IDC? IDC is Intimacy Directors and Coordinators. Oh, okay. Is that like a national organization? It's a national organization oh, cool. through which I'm certified. Okay. Um, they are, you know, they certify people that are moving up either to work with Intimacy Direction, which is in live performance, mm -hmm. theater, circus, cruise ships, whatever, or coordinators are those that work in the film and TV okay. industry. Okay. Yeah. And what's the name of your book again? Supporting Staged Intimacy. A, a practical, practical guide, guide for creatives, managers, and crew. Nice. <laughs> and I know you went to New York, and you did a thing at the drama bookstore. Did a signing, right? Yeah, did we did you? a book event there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And are you finding that it is being embraced um, by other programs in the country, by people in the industry? Are, are people jumping I, on board? I think so, because we got an email from our publisher saying that their estimated, you know, the 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 guess that they put on how many books you might sell when they contract it, that we've already surpassed that. Okay, good. Um, and that was a three-year estimate that they put together. So oh, that okay. we met that or surpassed it or we're at that number. And it's the book has been out. Well, it came out in November of uh, last year or so. In a, you know, and yeah. then we got this email a few months back. So, I mean, and when you talk about it, and you talk about the way that it contributes to the creativity. It's like, well, why haven't we done this before? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why is it taken this long to go? Oh, hey, this needs attention. Yeah. In the same way that all of the other parts of the storytelling need attention mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in order for it to fit into the whole the best way. Oh yeah, yeah. I've told the story multiple times, but it's like. There, there's instances where I've seen a director work for 15 minutes on how someone enters a door mm -hmm. to like make it funny, mm -hmm. and then in, and then we'd get to the part where they're supposed to kiss, and they're like, "Can you just get it over with, and we'll move on?" Yeah, and I think part of that was also just not knowing how to yeah. talk to the actors about right. it. Yeah, right. um, and we have a cultural hang-up about anything that's remotely sexual related, mm -hmm. sexually related. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get really uncomfortable because because they don't want to you know, go through those boundaries and they don't want people to be uncomfortable, but they also don't have the vocabulary. Yeah. And mm -hmm. they don't have the understanding that, ah, you got to talk about it and plan for it first. And then you open the the room up for the creative sharing of how do we tell the story and keep it real and keep everyone safe. Yeah, now we find that, like, you can get so much more done in a mm -hmm. less amount of time because there is 
a language everybody understands and everyone's boundaries have been considered. And so now all of that awkwardness is gone. It's all, all the time is used for creativity and yeah. working out the story, which is what we all love about rehearsal is that process. It's funny because I've read so many articles that have, because it's been coming up a lot. And so I've read the articles in the various magazines and New York Times and everything. And almost every quote from directors who are converts to, yes, let's work with an intimacy director, they all say, oh, wow, this is great. Yeah, Why it makes my life so much easier. It's right. like, well, yes, of course it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now having talked about what it is you do, what is your favorite part of that process? Is it when someone sends you a script? Is it when someone, uh, when you're actually in the room getting dirty with the rehearsal part? <laughs> I, maybe no dirty, pun intended. No pun intended. Yes, maybe that was not a good choice of words. But um, do you know what I mean? Or, or is it like what, what, what is your process when you get a script? Okay. Process is one question. And then what's your favorite part of the process might be a, a different yeah. question, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. Um, so process wise, you start, you get that, that script, you read through it. Of course, I, I just let my imagination run wild at that point, And I just think about images that come up. Um, I do a lot of things like animal work with my students and things and mm -hmm. like what, what space are these characters in? Like, what might they move like? What might be some of the choices they would make if they're coming from a specific center? Like, if they're really heart-centered, caring people, it might be very different than like a gut-centered, like really driven person. I'm not gonna make choices for the actors because I love to see what they bring to the table when we, when we start to work. But I do like to have ideas of what some things their characters might choose to do from my experience as an actor, I just automatically go there. And then also sometimes actors aren't used to working like this and they're just so like tight in those mm -hmm. moments where they have so much tension that they're they're not ready to brainstorm until we get into a little bit right. more. So I, I get ideas. I talk to the director, see what their vision is for mm -hmm. these moments. Um, I think about what scenically is happening, like what in the space can hold weight? Mm. Um, you know, if this, you know, what props can we utilize in these moments? What's happening with costumes? Because it's so fun to pull someone in by a scarf or right, like, right, right. you know, are we unbuttoning something or what's happening? And um, I have conversations with the actors about here's what, you know, here's, there's three different types of underwear they're considering for you to wear for this scene. What are you thinking? Mm -hmm. Or, um, you know, what are your boundaries physically that I can support in the room? And then we get into the space and we're all collaborating. Like sometimes the directors are like, do you want me here? And I'm like, yes, mm -hmm. I want you here. Like, let's collaborate together. Um, and we, we build these moments. Um, and then the stage manager comes in and writes all, writes it all down. Well, what's funny is that as I'm listening to you share what, what you do. And for me, the stage managers do the exact opposite <laughs> because we get the script and I tell them, you have no creative interpretation. You are just noting what's in the script because that's your role. Yeah. And so they go through and they do an analysis, a detailed analysis that's notating what's in the script, what are the actors saying, what are the stage directions, what are the items that are there. And they're just pulling out like the facts, kind mm -hmm. of like dragnet, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Mm -hmm. and, I, and then we track all of that in a document so that we can then ask the questions. So it says they kiss, what does that mean? It's mm -hmm. not for the stage manager to determine that. We mm -hmm. just want to make note of it in the script. Right. And then we 
have that document so that we have something to start at. And then that gives us a launching pad for production meetings and all of that because mm -hmm. we've made questions based on the script. But right. we bring no creative interpretation. That's the role of the choreographers and the director and the designers and all of that for to do that. We mm -hmm. just want to know what are the elements that are there that we have to track and keep track of. And yeah, so it's like complete polar opposites. But that's what's so great about this collaborative art form is that we all have our specific role and then we come together and we get to play in the room and they play we write it down <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the process and i i hope this doesn't sound creepy is working with the breath and soundscape of, oh okay and this is with fights and with intimacy absolutely because people don't think about how impactful that can be for the audience and like so for example if you're doing a quick breathe in through your nose, that tells a very different story than a quick breathe in through your mouth. Yeah. yeah. Right? And those little nuances that I like to get geeky with, and then the actors are like, ooh, this is fun. Like, this yeah. is a little science experiment. Like, let's play with this. Um, Sound is so powerful. Yeah, it and, is. And um, it's not just speech. It's all of the things. Yeah. Uh, and it makes a difference. You know. And then for maintaining, like I tell the stage managers, listen, if it sounds different and something mm -hmm. seems awkward, that different sound may be telling you that maybe you just need to touch base with the actors and make sure they're all right in that moment. Yeah. When we're once we are opened and we're performing and we're maintaining that show. Mm -hmm. So the sound is an important element for us as stage managers to listen to just as part of the maintaining, in addition to the lighting and making sure that the actors are hitting their mark and all of that. Right. But there's also that soundscape mm -hmm. that can also inform if something just needs to be just you check in on a moment, mm -hmm. you know. So it's all it all ties together. <laughs> the great collaborative art that is theater. I know. We, we made a it. sound decision, is what you're saying. No? Okay. <laughs> I had to put one pun in here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Alexis, you are famous for your puns. <laughs> so what do you guys have coming up that you would like our listeners to know about? Oh, well, Ooh. I'm working on Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf Ooh. that's coming up at Flint Repertory Theater. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's going to be good. Uh, we start rehearsals for that soon, and there is going to be um, lots of things thrown around the stage. Let me just say that much. Uh-huh. That's mm -hmm. one of those places you get to throw things around in. Uh-huh. It's going <laughs> to be fun. I'm also working on The Squirrels. What is at that? At Tipping Point Theater. Oh, yeah. It's that about a bunch really of squirrels. And Do they wear squ squirrel outfits on they stage? They are squirrels. Sounds and nutty. It's <laughs> wah, wah. Oh, it's the it's, pun it's episode. It's a corny in here, okay? Oh, God. <laughs> it's we'll a be tall here all week. tale. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, preparing for squirrel intimacy and squirrel fights has made my search history a little bit sus. Um, oh my God! Oh, we can talk about search. I narrate a whole lot of murder mysteries. I'm sure the FBI is watching. Me. Yes. <laughs> so that'll be really fun. And I'm also working on the Antichrist cometh at the Purple Rose Theater. Oh, which... neat. Okay. What like a wide variety of shows. Oh yeah, you, you know, know I mean? you gotta keep it fresh. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'm really excited to work, especially uh, I mean all of them, but with the Purple Rose show. Uh, one of my colleagues, our colleagues here, Ryan Welsh, is oh, in, is he that. in that. Oh, okay. yes, great. and you, he's a Williamston favorite. So. Yes, he is. So I get to work with him finally. That's so, awesome. That's yeah, that'll be fun. What about you, Tina? Uh, well, my things are less exciting because I'm I. In addition to the work here at MSU, I also freelance as a 
corporate event show caller. And probably nobody out there listening will know what that is. But we call it business theater. So when corporations have an event, a live event, uh, I show call and stage manage those. So um, like I have an event coming up for a pharmaceutical company in Vegas over spring break. That doesn't sound fun at all. Why would no. going to Vegas be fun? Well, I know I don't get to break. see Vegas. I see the ballroom, the, <laughs> the convention center at the casino in Vegas, but that's all I see. Um, and then I have a couple other gigs for that, like, and then I do a bunch over the summer. So, yeah. so that's kind of like a separate area of research that I do. But it's, it is like you were saying, people don't realize the job opportunities yes. in, and, and the the wide industry that is the entertainment industry. That's right. And there's so many jobs out there, especially for stage managers and those that do that. I mean, they're needed everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. I get yeah. emails all the time saying, do you have students that I can have for this event? And all the time. I mean, we have that experience here in Michigan. Yeah. Is that, you know, we have people who live here and they are always working because yeah. there's, you know, there, there are just only so of, many of them, and that's right. we all need them. Yep. So, also, Tina's true. the best. One of Tina's former students, uh, stage management students, actually was the wedding coordinator for my wedding. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Who doesn't want a stage manager, a really good stage manager, running their wedding? wedding? Exactly. It was. It made everything so much less stressful. Keeps you on time. You're not starting late. <laughs> that wedding is going to happen right on time. The mother-in-laws don't cry. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no, or if they do, tissue right away. That's yeah, right. right. Props. Taking, We're going to need tissues over here. Taking care of all the needs. Yeah, that's talk about an industry to get into. My goodness. Oh, that's huge, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, thank you both so much for chatting with us today. It's fascinating hearing about what you do and your approach and how you fit into the um, big, wonderful world of theatrical storytelling. Well, thanks and, for uh, asking to chat with us. Yeah. We're yeah. Really happy to have yeah. you in our world. Uh, at the Williamson Theater. Now on stage at the Williamston Theater is the romantic comedy Maytag Virgin by Audrey Cephaly, running through March 10, 2024. For more information on the entire 2023-2024 season of productions, check out our website at williamstontheater.org. See you soon at the Williamston Theatre.